Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Final hour of the big show, 301-230-0980. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk AFC, NFC Championship games. You're going to hear them right here. I know a lot of you get on Twitter, hey, where are the championship games at? We've got them for you right here. Right here, my man Everett Will. You can put that out, the AFC and NFC Championship games right here on the Team 980 coming up on Sunday. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us wrapping up our discussion about Steve Wilkes getting passed over for the Panthers job as that job taken by Frank Reich hired yesterday. In fact, they were so impressed with Reich that they shunned a second interview with Sean Payton, which was scheduled uh, to happen. Payton, of course, saw some scuttlebutt about what's going on in Denver and that how he uh, he basically went against what Mark Maskey of the Washington Post had reported about there being some um, uncomfortability with part of the Broncos' ownership group. And Sean Payton basically came out and foobarred Mark Maskey's report on that, saying that, that it couldn't be further from the truth. So, I mean, that came publicly right from the source. Rooster, be careful. That's right on the edge. I don't want you to knock that coffee over. Move yeah. your coffee back before um, you spill it on the equipment or yourself. I, I appreciate that. I spilled uh, probably some of that on the uh, long, very long. way too long. Just saying. It's hot. Walk from don't, the, you, don't need to, you don't need to pour that on yourself and then I hear you. you know, I appreciate you looking you, out for you'd be pal. you'd be headed to the hospital during the show. Yeah, Chris Russell has left the show because he's going to the hospital <laughs> well, after let's... spilling scalding hot coffee. I wouldn't Ooh. consider it and scalding. See, you couldn't you couldn't blame that on the drive through person handing it to you. Uh-huh. So the only person you'd be able to sue in that case is yourself. Right. For spilling it on you. And I, I, I would just say this. I wouldn't consider it scalding, but but it be, I had to warm it up in the microwave. But the microwave is literally like a mile and a half away from the studio. Oh, yeah. So because I, I because it's so far, and then here's the other thing that I do. And CK remarked when he saw my, me struggling, walking gingerly, he goes, sure is a lot of coffee. Here's my problem. I have this really cool mug that I got from uh, this local company, City Bonfires mm-hmm. in Maryland. They do like, you know, like portable bonfire type things and, you know, s'mores kits and whatever. Really cool company. Uh, I, I, again, started, uh, it's been featured on like Today Show and all that stuff, uh, but it's based locally in Maryland. I'm not sure exactly where, but they, they, 
you know, I bought a package for uh, Christmas uh, for my kids, and I got this really cool mug, and it's like one of these wide mouth cups. But like the idiot that I am, and I cannot stop doing this, I fill it up way too freaking high. And then I've got this mile and a half walk from the microwave back to the studio and your boy is like gingerly kind of like like I'm like walking like a robot because I don't want to spill it on the carpet and all over the place when in reality I could just fill it up a little bit less excellent point uh question from our guy Matt Reardon on Twitter who's better Lovey Smith or Ron Rivera Lovey lost to prime Peyton Manning with Rex Grossman Ron lost to busted up Peyton Manning with Cam Newton. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I mean, I got to say this. I think Lovey Smith is a better head coach, ultimately, resume-wise, than Ron, I think. But Lovey never had the quarterback that Ron did in Carolina, number one. Number two, I would say this. Lovey would drive people crazy, too. He would just drive people around here nuts. This fan base is not built to handle a defensive-minded, conservative, even though Riverboat Ron is his name, and he's not conservative at times. He is a gambler at times. He also is conservative so at times. So you're saying that this they, would, they wouldn't take ba- Mike Tomlin? I don't think anybody looks at Mike Tomlin as being conservative, even though he, he largely is. I don't... I don't think I don't think they look at Mike Tomlin as being concerned. Like that's not the perception. Again, perception is greater than reality. Is the perception because he simply wins? Well, that colors a lot of it. Yes, but but also the fact that they seem always down, and then he gets them to rise up above mm-hmm. the ashes, and 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 actually the pincushion in Pittsburgh, of course, is not Mike Tomlin, nor should it be. But it's been Matt Canada. And the owner, uh, I think it was the owner, maybe it was the general manager or, or somebody. I thought it was Art Rooney the second. I think it was Art Rooney. said, well, the thing that changed everything around was the progress that we showed with Kenny Pickett, right? So now everybody is going to think that Pittsburgh is ready to take that next step, yeah. even though they all hate Canada, uh, largely for no reason. I mean, pretty Canada, sure our, our, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still our Odyssey colleague, Andrew Filipponi. The Pony Express, the as you hear it sometimes on CBS Sports Radio. For two months now, maybe three months, he's been driving a one-man social media crusade to try and get Matt well, Canada fired. Well, he's he's in not Pittsburgh. He's not the only one. You mentioned our buddy Grant Paulson down the you know down the hall. He hates Matt Canada. Can't stand him. Well, I mean, Matt Matt was okay as an interim coach here, but again, he was handed he was handed a uh, he's got Deontay Johnson who drops passes, right. but is skilled. Right. But he does drop passes. Right. Um, Fryer Muth is a better than average tight end. George Pickens made great strides as a pass catcher this year, stretching the field a little bit, right? And Kenny Pickett improved. Yeah. So, but but, what's, but I, what's I go back to, to Canada's like year a couple of years ago with Roethlisberger, the year that Washington picked them off undefeated on Monday afternoon football. 
That was a brilliant devised game plan. Hey, our offensive line sucks. Our quarterback can't throw it deep down the field anymore, Roethlisberger. We have all of these pop gun receivers. Let's get the ball out of his hands in 2.1 seconds or less, and let's short pass, short pass, short pass, short pass, short pass, and they dropped too many damn passes. And then their offensive line got exposed late in the year because of injuries and because they needed to run the ball more and because they needed to hold up a little bit more. And all of a sudden, Matt Canada is considered some clueless idiot. Well, if if Mike Tomlin is considered widely in the top three or four head coach, I mean, I don't know if you'd put Tomlin over Belichick or Andy Reid, but you'd, you'd put him no lower than probably number four, right? Of active coaches? Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I mean, Kyle... Sean, uh, maybe no lower than five. Longevity, though. Longevity as head coach, Tomlin probably better. But if Tomlin is so good, Mm -hmm. is the cream of the crop, and nobody can really dispute what Mike Tomlin has done in Pittsburgh, why would he have a village idiot as his offensive coordinator? Uh, That's a fair fair way to look at it. Of course it is. It's a fair way to look at it. It's the right way to look at it. Mike Tomlin, by the way, uh, he's I'll, only. I also like Mike Tom. Mike Tomlin too. is only one sixty three, ninety three, and two. Yeah, I just same. like I just like tweaking people as well. You know, okay. I like 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 people need to find a guy to blame or a person to blame, a puppet to kind of pull the strings on, and that's Matt Canada. And I'm not saying he's great by no means. It's just like the whole Jim Haslett experience here. And you knew I was going to come here. Yeah, yeah. and and the Jim reason, Haslett and was not, not that, the problem. But Tomlin here. too, as a head coach, uh, remember he was a coordinator one year in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, turned that into the he had the number one rush defense in the league at Minnesota. Uh, they only allowed four rushing touchdowns that entire season in 2006. Turned that into the head coaching job in Pittsburgh. And four out of the first six years he was the head coach in Pittsburgh. To your point about defense. They were number one, number one in fewest yards allowed four of the first six years as a head mm-hmm. coach when they won the Super Bowl and went to a Super Bowl under Mike Tom. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If things don't go right in Pittsburgh this year, they don't, uh, th- this upcoming year, they don't make the playoffs. Maybe they actually are sub 500. Maybe they're eight and nine. And Pickett doesn't really show that ascent that he started to show. And the offense is sloppy and whatnot. Tough division with the Bengals and the Ravens in it, sure. Could you see Tomlin either not getting fired? He's not going to get fired. Mutually parting ways, whatever. And then. It would have to be. And then. It would have to be really bad. The Rooney, Chris, again, I cite this all the time. The Rooney family has had three coaches since 1969. Three three coaches in 54 years. They're beyond. They're they're wonderful. They're beyond. It's everything you would ever ask for out of an ownership and a family. But but it it, maybe Mike says, look, I, you know, maybe the message is lost, whatever. Maybe he wants a new challenge. Could you like. If if you're Washington, right, and things don't work out for Ron, which nobody believes they will next year, but what I mean, if they you, do? You'd, sla- might... you'd slam on that in a second, right? Oh, absolutely. You'd even my, even yeah. if it's a defensive coach, sure. Any any football team would hire Mike Tomlin right. in 30 seconds right. if he'd be willing to sign the papers. That's a no brainer. Let's get the Paulie in here before we transition to the championship games. What's up, Paulie? Uh, to the W, cousin Pete. What's going on, man? Rufio. Rufio. Yes, Paulie. Maybe you need to spill that coffee 
and go to the emergency room. That way they can give you a, a CAT scan while you're there. <laughs> well, I, 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 I wouldn't need a CAT man. scan, Paulie, because I'm an angry rooster. Uh, whatever. Ah. Anyways, man, look, I, I, I'm glad y'all talking about this today because I've been talking about it for a week and a half, man. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen on Twitter, Paulie. You you've been making all I've sorts of ridiculous I'm, statements I'm on Twitter. Isn't that ridiculous? But I'm stating facts, just like everybody else. No, 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 no. Facts, man. No, Dude, you're you're not stating no, facts. No, no, no. no you're I not stating, stating facts. facts. No, I am stating facts. African American black coaches are not getting provided the same hiring opportunities as the white coaches. They're not being provided the same the same stability as a head coach, as white coaches. That's all it is to it. So, so wait, wait, wait a, wait a second. Wait a second. We, a we, 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 can, we can acknowledge that there are some unfair circumstances, right? But we just talked about, and, and obviously, again, winning helps. We just talked about the most stable situation in sports. You're went to about one coach. I, I understand that. You said you talking about one coach. I understand that, but there have been many other on, 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 on an annual basis with his, with at least six to eight openings every year. Stop this, man! Stop it, man! Okay. And look, look. And you said something earlier that caught my ear, and you didn't even realize that where, where it was wrong with the statement you said. And you was talking about Steve Wilkes. He got three three things working against him. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive-minded coach, which shouldn't work against him. Right? He's an older guy, which shouldn't work against him. And then you said he, he's African-American. Yeah. That should never be a stipulation. That's the problem, that you perceive him being African-American working against him. Paulie, you're making the case. You're making the case with the facts that you've just brought to the table to even bolster what Chris said to be more true than, than anything. Listen, it is saying, something. Listen, it I'm is saying, something that is being held against those men when they walk into a room and sit across from yes, someone yes, that doesn't you, look you, like them and try to I'm get saying. hired, Paulie. What, what, what I'm, you misunderstand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's a problem. And the fact that Chris says it, it says he knows this. So don't say, don't try to no, get no, it out. No, no, Paulie, the not. point is he's acknowledging. We're all acknowledging. We all see it. It's plain as day. I acknowledge, they don't hide it. Well, it's I'm plain as day, day Paulie. I acknowledge it as I'm an issue, Paulie. But, but unlike you, Paulie, Paulie, unlike you who says, Paulie, unlike you who says point blank, who says point blank, the only reason Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach is because of the color of his skin. Unlike you, I acknowledge it as a part of the problem, but then I expand the argument and say, well, maybe it's because of this, and maybe it's because of that, and maybe it's no, because no, of this, and maybe let's it's because of that. Let's go to your pie chart. In the pie chart, that's 75% of the reason why. Okay. Now, you throw the other 25% where you want to throw. You can say his background, and I looked up his background. I've seen his problems. Most of them dealing with alcohol. He hasn't had a problem in, in, in 22 years. His last offense was a DUI in 2001. He had a problem in 20 Before that, he had some um, 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 stuff that happened on Colorado campus, which usually happen to young players. When they go back to their college, they usually become a target because they're not doing nothing. I'm not saying he didn't do nothing wrong, but I'm saying they, I see it all the time with these players going back to their colleges because now they have nothing to do with, with, with the college anymore. So they're more, you know, things happen, okay? But you take it to another, look at Matt Patricia. 
This man was, was charged with sexual assault. He had a nurse, a doctor, and a police officer all make statements against him. And he got a head coaching job. And he'll get another job. I right, let, 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 let you talking about you talking about Frank Wright now. I have no problem with Frank Wright being high. He has like you say, he has the resume. All right, but let's let's look at Byron Leftwich. If Byron Leftwich doesn't go to a winning organization and gets his star resigned, you're talking about a guy who played in the league, a guy who got a Super Bowl as a backup with with the Steelers, a guy who won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. If he doesn't go to a winning team, a team to win, he would never he would never get a head coaching job. Never. Look at Kevin O'Connell. He left us a bad team, bad organization. Goes to the Rams. One year, two years later, he is a head coach. Yeah, they yeah, won but a Super Bowl, Paulie, oh, man. But wait a, a minute, Paulie. Paulie, we agree. I, I think we all agree. Byron left, which is a very good football mind. Byron had a chance to be the coach in Jacksonville, but he balked because he didn't want to work with the guy that was allegedly going to hire him, be part of the people that hired yeah. him. He didn't want to work with that no, general no, okay. manager. That was that was Byron's well, and I, job, and, I, and I've seen that as number. I, I read that as another. I read that as another way as he felt like they wasn't really being serious on an up and up with him. That he felt like they was using him for the Rooney Rule. Right, but you know what though, I, I, I don't, hey Paulie. But that again, you're making another point that I make all the time. African American coaches at times have to take jobs that are not in their best interest because it might be their only chance. So if Byron exactly. doesn't feel comfortable, gonna, if Byron doesn't feel comfortable in this situation, I applaud him for not taking that job uh, because, as you know, if you take a job and you don't have a very good experience, there's a ninety-eight percent chance you're not getting another head coaching opportunity. I in also the NFL. don't. I also exactly. don't buy for one exactly. second that I was going to. I was going to bring that up. I was also going to bring it up, and that's as an African American. See now, his white counterpart. Can say I'm not taking that job at all, Paulie. Paulie, Shad Khan's not white. Afford an opportunity, Paulie. Paulie, Shad Khan is not a white rich man. He's a wealthy. No, I don't care he, about, he, he, he was the one doing the hiring in Jacksonville. Listen, let, let me tell you something. It's racism all across the board, across the races. I let me tell you something. African Americans are 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 not liked by a lot of other minority um, uh, minority races. You know, Spanish, uh, Latino, Span- Latinos don't get along with African-Americans. Asians don't get along with African-Americans. Racism is not just black and white. It ain't just white against the minorities. Okay, so don't, don't go there with that, man. I live in this world. I'm a black man in this world. I've been all across this country. I've, I've seen all different kinds of races, even in my own area. So come on, I'm, I'm just saying let's uh, let's all just get on the same page with the fact that and y'all are saying it. I'm not saying y'all not saying it. You know, it took for me yelling all week long to get some kind of confirmation from the rooster. Yeah, that this is a problem. That's all I'm saying. I, it's a problem. I've never and acknowledged and he, and he, that it's not a problem. Nipped in the bud. I, my my issue with you, my issue with you and everyone else is when you 100 percent say the reason why somebody did not get a job is because of the color of his skin. When you okay, definitively. Okay, Conclusively say right, that, and you ignore all of the other possible reasons. The enemy is ninety percent problem. Uh, now it's gone from seventy-five percent to ninety percent in the same bleeping phone call. 
in the same before, bleeping before, phone call. Before Frank Wright, before Frank Wright got hired, Eric Bieniemy had a better resume than him, and he got hired over Eric. And, 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 and Frank Wright wasn't even their first candidate. Paulie, Paulie, answer me this question. What are you and this, about? Chris, stop. This is my problem right here. Okay. No one in the NFL will speak honestly and openly on the topic. Eric Bieniemy has interviewed 15 times with 14 teams, and we never, ever get any honesty out of anyone as to why he gets passed over. To me, that is okay. the most frustrating part of this. If you don't want to hire a person, fine. But tell us why. Tell us why. Yes. So it leads us. So it leads us to speculate. Right. And, and being that, and so being that he's an African American, and not just Airbnb, I mean, a lot of the other African American coaches have a hard time getting a job unless it's a job that their white counterparts don't want to touch. You know, and and, if you're, and, they'll, and so they'll take the job. You're wondering the as why. If Rooster try to say, and I'm not saying, I'm not getting on you, Rooster. I'm just saying. Oh, you're, you're not getting on me. No, maybe, no, maybe, no never. Maybe this, you saying, well, maybe there's something else in his past. And I looked up his past. And took Paulie, my, and I gave you Paulie, my, my you looked up on past. Wikipedia. You have no idea listen, what else goes on. Listen, did you know Did listen, you know what, what was going on in the building when Scott McLuhan was here? Past, no, you didn't know. Because it wasn't on Wikipedia. Look, I can take it back to my own organization. I can take it back to my own order, to the Washington organizations with, uh, with Bobby Mitchell. Jesus. When he didn't get the general manager job over, over Charlie Cassidy. He been it was in this organization for years as assistant GM. Right. As soon as the job came up, who got the job? Charlie Casserly did a pretty freaking good job, didn't was, he? He didn't do no. He didn't do no good job. He didn't do no. Name me a player that Charlie Casserly brought in here that was an all-time Redskins player. Name oh, it. Oh, now that's the bar. Derek Smith. Derek Smith. Now that's the bar. He did an okay job. All time. So for the it, most it, part, he was bad. So in order yeah, to in order to be good at your job, you've got to find Daryl Green, right? We had another team. We had another team's whole draft pick. Name me a player or name me a okay. run that we made. For uh, that. This is a different argument for Paulie a different Cassidy day. Did not do a good job. Paulie, Paulie, get Paulie, Paulie, go back to Wikipedia, okay? Paulie, go back to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I got to go back to Wikipedia. You go back to that hole you crawled out of. How about that? How, how about how about that? I'll be happy to go back to the hole I crawled out of. It'll get me away from you. You was on Wikipedia too. Evidently, you was on Wikipedia too. Yeah, well, I, 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 I ain't on Wikipedia. Appreciate you. I mean, like, here's here's the thing. I don't mind anybody disagreeing with me. I, I'll just say this: I don't mind anybody disagreeing with me. As a matter of fact, I encourage it. The problem is when somebody says, I know that this is a racist decision because I looked up on Wikipedia and the last time Eric Bieniemy had a legal problem was 22 years ago. So that must be because of the color of his skin. Meanwhile, the teams that are interviewing him have all hired black head coaches. He interviewed what with Indianapolis this year, right? Mm-hmm. Indianapolis has hired in the past, not right now, in the past, both Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Does so so because they didn't hire Eric Bieniemy, Jim Irsay is a drunk racist. Like it doesn't make sense.
Like, there's got to be more context and layers that's, that's to this. That's why all I'm asking is just one of these organizations. Please tell us why 15 times he's interviewed, okay. but no one's ever come out let and me, say. Let me, let me bounce this off you. If Nick Casario took the dais last year after interviewing, or Jim Irsay, who is, if there's one, there would be one that would do this. And they said, listen, you know, we, we liked Eric. Very impressive history. Uh, we we had a great conversation. It just wasn't the right fit. It wasn't a it, it wasn't a good mix. He he we we liked someone else's and not even he didn't provide us a good plan. We liked somebody else's plan better. Like Paulie and and no offense to these guys. I mean Clarence Hill Jr. and Jason Reed and Mike Jones would be screaming. From the, the heavens, not from the heavens, from uh, from here to the heavens, that that's code for Eric Bianami's not smart. So you can't win. You can't win. Then you hire blackhead coaches, and people say, well, you're hiring them and putting them in a bad spot. Or you hire a black coach and... And it doesn't work out because you're a bad organization or because you have a bad plan or because you didn't support the guy right. And then you fire him. And then again, you're racist for firing him, but you weren't racist when you hired him. Like, I don't understand a lot of this stuff. I got to be honest with you. And again, maybe it's just because I'm a white dude, but I I just don't understand how we get from point A to point B sometimes. I really don't. So that's why we have these discussions. 3-1-2-3-0-0-9-80 AFC and NFC Championship Games this weekend right here on the Team 980. We'll discuss them next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainor, Elle King, The King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Three one two three zero zero nine eight eight Burgundy and Gold today coming up top of the hour Sunday NFC AFC Championship games surprise the NFC game is not in prime time I think they rotate that every year because last year the AFC was game was first I'm pretty sure that's the way they do it I would have thought it's not the I, I it's say, not the I matchup with the West Coast team involved too that maybe having yeah. it later would be better it's, but I don't think it's the matchup I th- I mean last year I clearly remember Kansas City Cincinnati mm-hmm. was first up and um, uh, who was the NFC I title guess it game? gives each network a fair chance to have a prime time it, opportunity as exactly, well and that's exactly it because remember Sunday night is often the highest rated night of the year mm-hmm. so you know i'm i'm almost 99 percent sure that's how they do that while there is not a cinderella team in the mm-hmm. final four there is a cinderella player yeah there's no doubt that's brock purdy, brock purdy. because of the resume seventh yeah. round pick despite being a four-year starter at iowa state in a big conference with a good career winning at oklahoma mm-hmm. uh while the quarterback at iowa state beating them when they were a playoff contender all the time so there's definitely a Cinderella player. 
The question ultimately, does the glass slipper break here for San Francisco against Philadelphia, who, let's face it, when all systems are go, Mm -hmm. that's been a terrific football team all season long. They have a good pass rush. They struggle to stop the run. If San Francisco is going to win this game, it is going to be because Christian McCaffrey, who's dealing with the calf, and Elijah Mitchell, who's banged up as well, wear them down over the course of a 60-minute game and start ripping off Bengal-type chunks like the Bengals did against the Bills last week in Buffalo in the second half and specifically late third quarter, fourth quarter, and that's how the 49ers are going to win this game. If Brock Purdy's got to throw... 35-plus times, I don't think they have a chance against that pass rush and specifically against a secondary that includes Darius Slay. James Bradbury had a very good first year in Philadelphia and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and uh, I forget who else they have back there. Uh, uh, Now, Avante Maddox has been banged up. He's a real good slot corner. I'm not sure if he's playing in this game or not. Uh, I didn't check that, but... I think if you ask Brock Purdy, Pete, to quite honestly do what he's not built to do yet, yet, maybe he will eventually, yet, if you ask him to throw 30, even 30-plus times, I think you're at, you know, you're asking for too much. Amazing, not disaster, but I think you're asking for too much. Amazing to think that coming out of college, one of the knocks on Hassan Reddick was he was too light, um, the position and to be as a, a successful edge rusher, even though Arizona did take him in the first round, mm-hmm. there were some concerns at him. Obviously, I watched a lot of his play at Temple, being in the American Athletic Conference, played against Navy quite a bit. This is a guy that's got 47 career sacks now, and over the last three years, where he's played full, fairly full seasons, um, over the last three years, mm-hmm. this is a guy that is at like 38 sacks over the last three seasons. Uh, at Arizona, Carolina for a year, mm-hmm. and now with Philadelphia. The amazing thing is he's played for three teams over the last three years. Yeah. And, you know, he's had terrific seasons each of the three years. And he's just one of several guys that have double-digit sacks for this football team, which is the amazing thing. If, you're, if, you're number, if your sack number is high because you got like a, a J.J. Watt, a T.J. Watt, you know, a Micah Parsons that has a, a blistering number out of, out of the stratosphere – that's one thing. But Reddick is tops at 16. Of course, they have seven, they had 70, I think it was, going into last week's game as a as a team, which means you're getting a lot of sacks oh, from yeah. a lot of different well, guys. Because guys like Josh Sweat and Fletcher Cox still and others and uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, I, I mean, they like they have the defensive front rotation. That every team wants. Now, like Washington has a a really good front line, but are they and have they been consistent when you need them the most? Not all the time, quite honestly. Philadelphia, for the most part, um, seems to be more consistent, but yet... Howie Roseman and and Nick Sirianni understood they needed some more juice because of injuries. Derek Barnett's always injured, always out for the year. Uh, Kerrigan was there, obviously, last year, then retired. They knew they needed more juice off the edge, so they go out and they get a Hassan Reddick, uh, which puts you not over the top, but it puts you right in position. I, I don't know about you. I, I like Philadelphia in this game. I love Kyle. 
I love, you know, the Brock Purdy story. I, I like the 49. I'm rooting for the 49ers. I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's not just because of Jalen Hurts, although I think, again, if there's an offense that can break down this 49er defense, it probably is the multidimensional and read option and read pull attack of the Philadelphia Eagles where they can hurt you with the pop passes, they can hurt you with the screens, they can hurt you on slants, they can hurt you on uh, in-cutting routes, they can hurt you on nine routes with Devontae Smith and his speed, they can hurt you in the running game, they can hurt you in the short pass. Again, barring freaky-type turnovers, I I don't see as good good as San Francisco's defense is, and they're great, I don't see Philadelphia's offense being so challenged that they can't get out of their own way and they score, say, less than 13 points in this game. The amazing thing about Philadelphia this year, including the playoff game, 11 of the 18 games, they've been over 400 yards of total offense. They have a 500-yard total offense game, and only twice have they been held under 300 yards. And that, to me, is, from a consistency standpoint, exactly what you're looking for. Do you resemble your personality for most of the season offensively? And they have done that. And they're a run – I mean, look, they're a run-first team. They they, they want to run it at you, mm-hmm. and yet they still get the big numbers from A.J. Uh, on the outside and Devontae on the outside, which is – if I think if Ron Rivera could cultivate what he wants it to look like, it would be kind of what oh, Philadelphia no does. No doubt. Okay? No doubt. Run first. It's a good run offense – but yet they've still got skilled people on the outside that still put up big numbers and make big plays within that offense. I mean, but part of but part of that success is like you said, when you have a run first mentality and again, running first also includes the quarterback on read option pulls, right? So that's part of the mix. But when you have that, defenses can't hone in because they have no idea what's coming. And if it's humming and if you're not turning the ball over, which think about it, again, Philadelphia did in the game against Washington. If they don't turn the ball over, Philadelphia is, I don't want to say impossible to stop, because if there's one defense that could stop them, it would be this defense. But as good as their linebackers are, as good as Bosa is, as you know, remember, San Francisco's also had the controversy with, uh, uh, what's his name, Omenehu. Omenehu. Yeah, Omenehu, whatever his name is. They've been a, you can pick on their corners a little bit. In San Francisco, mm-hmm. a little bit. If you if you if you get time, and what what does Philadelphia have? They have a they have a really good offensive line, yeah. right? They have a really good offensive line. San Francisco, San Francisco went against Seattle. They didn't have a great offensive line, and then last week San Francisco went against Dallas. They're a mishmash of an offensive line. I don't I don't see San Francisco's defense being able. To keep Philadelphia under 20 in this game, unless Philadelphia, again, gets the yips and has all well, these freaky the turnovers. Here's the only thing that does, in your mind, open the door a little bit to San Francisco. Now, down the stretch, and I believe the one game is where Hurts was hurt and the other one Minshew played, but... They turned it over seven times in two games in the back-to-back games, six days apart against the Bears and the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Because they had really been way ahead yeah. in in the turnover margin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the season defensively until those games. In fact, only two games all year yeah. has Philadelphia's defense failed not to get a turnover yeah. from the opposition. Yeah. Uh, the one thing you mentioned though about the running the running game in the games that 
that they lost. Dallas ran for 115. The Saints ran for 129. Mm -hmm. Washington ran for 152. If there's a weakness, that's it. But do you know that only one time this year's Philadelphia's defense given up more than 400 yards in a game? And that was to the Cowboys in that 40-34 to loss? One time. Their offense has done it 11 times. Well, because even if you can run the ball well against them, which San Francisco probably will be able to do between Elijah Mitchell Mm -hmm. and and McCaffrey – you're not going to be able to throw the ball super effectively on them, so that's going to keep that number down in the low threes in that area, right? I mean, because of Slay, Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, their pass rush, so on and so on, they don't have... They don't have the linebackers. Philadelphia does not have the linebackers in coverage, like Greenlaw, who we mm-hmm. talked about, and um, um, uh, Fred Warner. Fred Warner. So, again, that is an area I, I wonder, like, if if I'm Kyle, Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, I am targeting that second tier. Weapons. That second tier I, of, I the, of, of the, the Eagles I really defense. I, I think it's a hell of a football game. I picked... Philadelphia at the beginning of the season to go to the Super Bowl. You did. You did. I am not. Obviously, I'm not going to get off the bus now, but I think it's going to be a hell of a football game. I I forgot about that. I was thinking about that on the way in this morning. You had, what, Philly-Baltimore? I did have Philly-Baltimore. So I had San Francisco and Buffalo. Obviously, I'm out on Buffalo. You're out on on Baltimore. Here I am rooting for San Francisco, but picking against them. And I, I have the caveat that Jimmy Garoppolo would be the quarterback because Trey Lance would get hurt. I had no idea. I, Which, I, you were right. I had zero idea about Brock Jimmy Purdy. Jimmy was going to get yeah, hurt, exactly. too. Well, I should have figured that Jimmy was going to get hurt because Jimmy's always hurt. All right, let's go to the other side yeah. where the, the Chiefs are hosting Cincinnati and a Bengals team that at one point, five straight years under Marvin Lewis, lost in the wild card round with Andy Dalton as the quarterback, playing well. Um, you know, one year they were there, looked like they were going to be successful. Carson Palmer gets hurt against the Steelers, messes up a knee. Then they return to being the dregs of the NFL. Zach Taylor's getting ready to get run out of the league. All of a sudden, it's Burrow, Chase, and company. And since then, it's 22-11. and 11. Last year they lost in the Super Bowl. This year they're in the AFC Championship game. And you're talking about a club that, can we talk about how great they are offensively? You know, they were only eighth in yards this year. They were only 13th in yards overall Mm -hmm. uh, last year. But they seem to have timing of impeccable quality where the moment in the fourth quarter is never too big for Burrow, never too big for Chase, Mm -hmm. never too big for Higgins. Mm -hmm. They got away with three starting offensive linemen being out last week. Chris Jones and that Kansas City front this week. Um, My man Karloftis, who, you know, what was amazing about last year, early in that mock draft period, there were a lot of people that had Karloftis going in the top ten. He obviously went down further in the round. And he ended up having uh, pretty much like top ten production at times for Kansas City this year. He's been a nice addition for them uh, to go along with Jones. But ultimately, is that defense equipped enough to stop this offense close game, one or two drives in that fourth quarter that become the difference between winning and losing here uh, in this AFC championship game? Yeah, I, I, I don't think they are. Like, I've tried to think about this because it's, it's logical to hop on Cincinnati because they they have you know again this this high powered offense and whatever Kansas City's defense they play a lot of man 
They blitz. Um, I I don't have the same faith in in Kansas City's defense that I do in Cincinnati's defense, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think over the course of a 60-minute game, maybe more, last year's game went into overtime, that they can put a blanket on this Cincinnati offense. Now, I'm not saying Cincinnati's going to roll up 32, you know, 34 points or whatever. But the thing that you love about Cincinnati, Pete, and we talked about this earlier in the week, is, okay, you want to take away Jamar Chase? Fine. We'll beat you with T. Higgins. We'll beat you, uh, you know, with um, um, who's the other guy that you just mentioned? T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. You know, I just – Okay, you want to take away two of those guys? We'll beat you with Samaj P. Ryan and, and and Joe Mixon. Oh, you 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 we're losing three fifths of our offensive line. We'll we'll just continue to just run run. Now again, I'm I'm, I'm listen. The, clearly, there were some issues with the Buffalo Bills and their front seven. I mean, they didn't have any pass rush. All, all that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I just I just think Cincinnati has too much firepower, and. I think Cincinnati has a defense and a plan and an and more importantly than plan. I keep I say this all the time. You've got to have players that execute. And guys like Trey Hendrickson, I'm telling you, Mike Hilton, their slot corner was awesome last Sunday. Just watch that game again. He was awesome. I, I don't know if he plays that way again, but Cincinnati has a very good defensive coordinator. They have better talent than you realize, but more importantly, they bleeping execute. Let me ask you, let me put it to you this way, too, from a comparison standpoint. And remember, last year, the reason why the Chiefs won that that Bills game last year was the amazing ability of Tyreek Hill to be explosive as all get out from anywhere on the field Correct. Uh, last year. That weapon would appear to not be the case, but guess what? Guess what? Guess who's number one in points and yards offensively in the National Football League this year without Tyreek Hill? The Kansas City right. Chiefs. Well, because Kadarius Tony has helped they close that gap, They scored almost 500 yeah. points this year. Yeah. Guess who's better in yardage defensively yeah. in this game? Oh, it's Kansas City. I know. I know. 11th in yards where the Bengals are 16th. I know. So is it just because of the recency momentum with Cincinnati plus their in plus in the individual matchups with the Chiefs lately Cincinnati has been I wouldn't say the dominant team but they've been the momentum team they've won the games sounds like you're leaning towards KC I'm just saying right now everything on paper is hinting Cincinnati right especially in the head-to-head matchups right. at some point doesn't Kansas sure. City have to plant the flag in the ground. Sure. And again, here's the problem. If Cincinnati, if if, Mo, if Mahomes is not mobile and Cincinnati comes after him, I, I don't know how the Chiefs win the game. Because if, if Mahomes can't extend plays here uh, like he normally does, where he makes things off script, and that's one of the beauties of why they score as many points, he does things you can't defend. Well, if his mobility limits his ability to move around and takes away a huge part of what makes them successful... That's my only concern about picking the Chiefs in this game. I can't pick the Chiefs in this game. I mean, I have respect for everything that they're about. Love Andy mm-hmm. Reid, you know, Mahomes, uh, you know, against this team, which 
for the most part, is a very, very, very well-rounded team. And remember, their place kicker, he hasn't been as good this year. Uh, uh, some Butker? Uh, no, 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 uh, Cincinnati, McPherson. Oh, uh, yeah, McPherson. Uh, I mean, remember, he had ice water in his veins last year in yeah, the playoffs. Couldn't, couldn't miss a kick. Uh, so to me, I'm going to uh, go Cincinnati, and I'm going to go Philadelphia. Uh, but I'm rooting for San Francisco, and I'm rooting for Cincinnati. So you pick whatever that means. you pick Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Cincinnati, Philadelphia. The Mahomes ankle is just I, I can't I, I, I can't get off of That's that. Tough. I can't get off of that. And I I mean look, Pacheco's been really good lately, and maybe Andy can turn that way. How do you keep Cincinnati's offense off the field? You run the ball. Maybe Isaiah Pacheco is able to do that. You know what? I'm going to go close. I'm going to go lower scoring than you think. And I think Harrison Butker from 43 sends Kansas City into Shangri-La 23-20 over the Bengals on Sunday. How about that? I think we have two good football games, but I think it's Philadelphia-Kansas City for me. Both of them here on the Team 980 will join. Following Georgetown and St. John's. The Eagles in San Francisco, exactly, in progress. Dumb Dumb of the Day is up next. Rooster tells us what's trending. All right, so Steve Wilkes, we talked about him a lot during football, uh, touchdown at 10, I should say. Uh, he, uh, after his lawyers issued a strongly worded statement accusing the NFL of racist hiring practices, says he's d- disappointed but not defeated by the Frank Reich hire. He is going to leave the Carolina Panthers uh, organization. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, as we were just talking about, dealing with that ankle has been full go in practice Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals for a second year in a row. The Bengals winning in overtime. Last year, you can again hear it in primetime Sunday night right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. That'll be preceded by Philadelphia and San Francisco. And, of course, even before that, Georgetown and St. John's Caps with a big win. We touched on that during the 9 o'clock hour. Hit the Odyssey Rewind feature at the Team 980. Wizards with another day off. They They visit rather New Orleans tomorrow night right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and that's what's trending. You know what? In life, you come across people that are just spectacular supporters uh, of yours and I think we're blessed to have a lot of you out there because you know certainly whenever you talk about delicate subject matters we did this year there's got to be a respect and a give and take either way and we help educate each other uh shout out to our guy Willis uh Streets hope you and Gigi have a great weekend appreciate your support as well no doubt about it 301-230-0980 Burgundy and Gold today is up next there were some people getting a little feisty on an airplane they have qualified for a fascinating category. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Actually, it wasn't on an airplane, but it was at an airport. It was at ah. Miami International Airport. Two female passengers were arrested after having a fight with an airline worker followed by a physical confrontation with cops that was all caught on video. Bad girls, bad girls, what, what you, you gonna, gonna do? do? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, well, here's what they were going to do, uh, because the great thing about 
society now is everybody's got a cell phone, right? So the cell phone footage shows the video of the two unruly women being pinned down by police officers earlier this week. Uh, one of the uh, arrested women uh, has, uh, as the story says, sporting bright pink hair, is seen kicking her feet, trying to crawl away on her stomach. And she was. She had, they, they were arresting her, and she's yelling, get off of me, at the top of her lungs. Uh, the other woman is lying face down on the floor with her head you know, restrained and whatever. This apparently happened uh, in front of a Frontier Airlines ticket counter window. The airline employee Tuesday morning informed the woman that they could not board their flight to Atlanta because they were 45 minutes late. So a 20-year-old woman was charged with aggravated battery, resisting arrest with violence and disorderly conduct. A 21-year-old companion was also arrested on counts of resisting arrest with violence and and disorderly conduct because, again, the airline had the audacity to say, no, 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 no. You're not only late, you're 45 minutes late. Was the plane gone, though? I don't know. The was story, the door shut? The, the story does not say that. The story does not say that. So to the point, okay, they had a verbal argument with one of the women arrested. And the first woman, the 20-year-old, hurled a plastic sign holder at the Frontier Airlines staffer, cutting her face, according to the arrest uh, arrest report. So they got into this battle. And, of course, you know, police, I I mean, this caused a big hullabaloo. And one of the the women that was arrested, I mean, you know, you can see. If you're 45 minutes late, the plane is usually gone. Right, right. So I don't know. I, I mean, the story does not say that the plane was still there or not so i don't have that answer because they always announce in the airport chris russell chris russell your plane has boarded but but here's about to shut here's my thing if you're 45 minutes late whether the plane is there or not boarding or i i'm sorry if the door is shut they won't let you down right like you're you're not four minutes late you're 45 minutes late 45 minutes late that's your fault and one of the ladies that got arrested that was like uh, on her stuff doesn't appear to be wearing underwear. <laughs> that's a that's a shocking development. <laughs> just come you know, on. I'm am just saying. I could see her legs and there's a high and percentage. I could, I could see her how, butt cheeks. How do you know she's not wearing a thong? Well, she could Let be. Me I, I mean, I see that I can't thong. see that because there <laughs> there's a police officer that's basically straddled over her, trying to uh, <laughs> control her. And, and by yeah. no means are we advocating, you know, like physical confrontation with anybody. But these two women clearly incited and and started this not only verbally but by throwing the sign at the frontier like people everybody's got to get to where they got you cannot show up 45 minutes late regardless of circumstances you cannot show up 45 minutes late for an airline and expect to get on uh, for an air a flight and expect to get on period the door's got to shut the plane's got to leave companies are already challenged enough stop being pain in the asses And because of that, both of you ladies are very unspecial. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. Shout out to Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. He is also a large harness racing fan. It was at Dover Downs yesterday taking pictures with everybody because the Nuggets are getting ready to play in Philadelphia. Mm. He loves training and actually driving harness horses. It's a great hobby of his. And uh, so it's nice to see an NBA player helping promote 
another sports. A shout out to Nikola Jokic. That'll do it for us. It's been a great week, and it's all great because of you. We get to share our show with you each and every day. We appreciate all the calls all week long. Burgundy and Gold today is up next. Chris and I are back on Monday with Maddie at 9. We'll break down the championship games and start to look ahead to the Super Bowl right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.